It finally happened. The Orioles broadcasted a spring training game on Masson, and we got to watch it with our own eyes. So we'll break down what I saw coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are taking a look at a spring training game that many of you actually got to watch, or at least got to watch most of it, on Monday afternoon. The Orioles beating the Philadelphia Phillies 10-7 on a Ryan O'Hearn walk-off three-run homer to win their spring training game. And the reason why this game a little more important than the others is, well, this one was actually, finally, can't believe it, but finally, broadcasted on Masson. The first of only four games that Masson is going to broadcast, that is a league low. J.J. Cooper of Baseball America did the research this week, put out the article on Monday, and yes, the Nats and the O's each getting four games is the lowest of any team in the league in terms of spring training games being broadcast on their network. But hey, we finally got to watch one, so I'm going to break it down, get you the five things you need to know from this Orioles spring training game. We'll talk specifically about Austin Voth's concerning outing and what that means for his potential to make the opening day roster. And then a few other Orioles news and notes, including a Terran Vavra injury. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And of course, we're here on YouTube. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube page. And if you are subscribed, you can win some of the giveaways like our winner, from last week's Orioles Hawaiian shirt giveaway, congratulations again to Wayne Strauss, who is the winner. Wayne Strauss, the winner of that Orioles Hawaiian shirt. We'll do plenty more giveaways on the YouTube channel throughout the season. Just make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Orioles on YouTube. We thank you all for subscribing so far, and we thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. So let's jump right into it. The Orioles had a spring training game. It was on TV. Now, I know for some of you, you're blacked out of Masson. And it sucks. I know for other ones, Masson just went down for like 10 or 15 minutes because of course it did, because it's run by John Angelos. But there was a game that was mostly on TV on Monday afternoon, the Orioles and the Phillies in Sarasota. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles 10-7 victory over the Phillies in spring training. And the first thing you need to know is that Colton Kowser went deep in this ball game. Kowser with a two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth inning that tied the game at seven. It was an opposite field rocket that Kowser hit to left field, his first homer of the spring. And this was big for Kowser because, listen, he was not facing you know the best of the best from the Phillies, and he was basically facing a triple-A arm at that point in the bottom of the eighth inning of a spring training game. However, you know, Kowser had a little bit of negative press. He was dropping down prospect lists, especially at fan graphs throughout the offseason. People concerned about the swing and miss in his game. Did he change his approach too much? You know, not the, the hitterish guy he was coming out of Sam Houston State when the Orioles took him in the first round in 2021. But that's a big moment for Kowser, just to hit a home run in a big league spring training game and kind of get things going for Colton Kowser. 
You love to see it. He crushed that ball. It was part of a four-run eighth inning. When the Orioles made a comeback in this game, as, as Kowser had the, the one hit, he played a good center field, and it was nice to see him take that big swing. Second thing you need to know from this one is that Cole Irvin continued to build himself up for the regular season, going three innings, getting the start in this one. He allowed just one run on three hits with two strikeouts and no walks as Cole Irvin appeared for the second time so far in spring training, and he'll have to continue to build up. Again, it's only three innings here as he pitched on March 6th, 24 days from opening day, but we all know Irvin is going to be in the opening day starting rotation for the Orioles. He could be the opening day starter. We're not sure where he'll start, but we know he'll be one of the five at this point, even though Irvin has talked about how he still has a minor league option and he's not so sure he's got that spot locked up. But what was good to see from Cole Irvin today is that, listen, he was throwing strikes. He was around the corners. Yeah, he allowed a couple hard hit balls and the RBI double he allowed was on a one-two pitch where he basically threw a fastball down the middle. It was certainly a mistake pitch, but he recovered from it, got through three innings. No walks is what you want to see. No home runs is what you want to see, especially in a small spring training ballpark like the O's have in Sarasota. And he got a couple of strikeouts, which is good as well. And you know, he was facing a, a Phillies order, which wasn't exactly their top guys. You know, they, they did not have Harper. They did not have Trey Turner. There was no Nick Castellanos. There was no Kyle Schwartz. Basically, it was not the, the cream of the crop. Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm, and you could argue Derek Hall were the only regular starters in the Phillies starting lineup. So even at the beginning of the game, it was not a major league lineup, but Irvin still looks solid and it's a nice step forward for him. Third thing you need to know from this one is that Michael Givens finally made his spring training debut for the Orioles, and he did look good in this one as well. Michael Givens with a 1-2-3 fourth inning with a couple of strikeouts making his debut. There was not really a lot of talk on why he didn't pitch until Monday in spring training, but for Givens, he gets on the mound. As long as he's out there for the Orioles this season, he should be a good veteran presence coming back to Baltimore and good for the O's that he got a 1-2-3 inning. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that Anthony Santander got some work at first base in this game. It's something we've talked about a lot this offseason is that, you know, the Orioles may be looking for some sort of backup first base type on this roster. Taron Vavra is a guy we've mentioned a lot. And Anthony Santander, who played nine games at first base in the minor leagues with Cleveland in 2016 and worked out some at first base last season, could be an option. And now, Brandon Hyde did say that Santander, he started him at first base in this game because Santander actually leaves today to head to the World Baseball Classic to join Team Venezuela as that event starts tonight. And he just wanted to get him a little look at first base before he left because he wasn't sure when he would come back. You know, whether Venezuela makes it out of pool play or not really decides, you know, how many more games Santander gets in Orioles spring training. But it was good to see him at first. Listen, he handled a pop-up well. He picked a ball out of the dirt. He was, you know... Looked pretty smooth over there in the couple of catches he made on throws from third and from short and from second base. It was not like he did anything amazing, but I was impressed with Santander, who's never played a big league game at that position, only a few minor league games. He looked comfortable enough that at this point, I will tell you, if the Orioles have a combo of Taron Vavra and Anthony Santander that can back up at first base, and also having James McCann and Adley Rutschman on the roster, who have both played that position professionally, and James McCann has a nice little chunk of time in first base at the major league level, I think the Orioles with that combination will be able to deal with that backup position behind Mount Castle if they need it 
won't have to put one of these other first basemen on the roster and can instead have that extra bench spot for a guy like Taron Vavra and keep a guy like Ryan McKenna on the roster. But that brings us to our fifth and final thing you need to know is that some of these other first basemen are still vying to get that spot. And we saw Franchi Cordero have a nice little two-for-two day. And specifically in this one, it was Ryan O'Hearn who continues to try and make this roster. O'Hearn with a two-for-three is now hitting 538 in spring training. And he capped it off with the walk-off homer, a three-run walk-off home run, an opposite field shot to left center field that just got over the wall in the bottom of the ninth for the O's to win this game 10-7. And again, it came off a triple-A pitcher that the Phillies had out there in the ninth inning of a spring training game, but he smashed that fastball the other way. It was a sweet-looking left-handed swing from Ryan O'Hearn, and he's got a good amount of big league experience with the Royals. Not that it's gone well, especially at the plate, but he can play a little outfield as well. He is versatile. And although I don't think at this point the O's will keep one of these typical backup first basemen, some of them, including O'Hearn, are certainly pushing for that spot. But we'll continue to talk about Monday's game coming up in just a second, focusing on Austin Voth, who also pitched in bulk in this game after Cole Irvin, but did not have the same kind of success. Is Voth in trouble of missing the opening day roster? We'll talk about that coming up next. But first... This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs finds the right people for your team faster and for free. You just go on LinkedIn Jobs, and it makes it super easy for both parties to help find a job on that site. It really does. I can tell you, it does. And you can add the job to the website, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile, spread the word that you're hiring. And LinkedIn has simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the Orioles got a nice little win in their mass in spring training debut on Monday with the Ryan O'Hearn three-run walk-off homer to beat the Phillies 10-7. And it was a lot of positives. The O's scoring four in the eighth and three in the ninth to come back and win this game. They got a couple of runs off of Lewis Head in this game, which was also pretty funny. Of course, the former Oriole now pitching for the Phillies. But one guy did not have a very good day. And that was Austin Voth for the Orioles, who was their other, quote, bulk starting pitcher in this game. So Cole Irvin went three innings, then Michael Givens threw a scoreless fourth, and then Austin Voth came out there in the fifth inning. And he started off hot. He had a one, two, three, fifth inning for Voth. He was pretty efficient. And then he came back out there in the sixth, and things went completely downhill. Here is the game log for Austin Voth's sixth inning. Home run, home run, Long fly out, long fly out, two where the guys just missed a homer, single, two-run homer, strikeout to end the inning. It was abysmal. Now, he did come back out in the seventh and throw another scoreless inning, so he bookended that bad six with a scoreless fifth and a scoreless seventh. He ends up going three innings, allowing four runs on four hits with a strikeout, no walks, and three homers allowed. 
But after he allowed a run over two innings in his first spring appearance and then just got tattooed in this one, it's a little concerning for Austin Voth. You know, in his last appearance against Toronto back on Wednesday, two innings, a run on three hits, no strikeouts, and no walks. It's not like his command is bad because, again, he has, he's pitched five innings and he hasn't walked anybody so far this spring. But his command is also not great because his control is okay. He's in the zone, but he's hitting the heart of the plate too much. He's almost two in the zone through the five innings that we've gotten to watch him, or at least the three innings on Monday. The curveball break, that sharp curveball we saw him kind of fix when he got to Baltimore after they claimed him off waivers from the Nats last year, that pitch is not what it was, at least right now, is not what it was when he was at his best with the Orioles last season. And, you know, I'm not going to say this outing. As I've said, you don't want to overreact to one spring training outing. But we are kind of slowly getting closer and closer to opening day. And if both has one or two more outings like this, the Orioles are going to have a really interesting decision to make because Voth was used mostly as a starter once he come, came over from Washington last year. The right-hander is 30 years old. But I think most of us agree he doesn't really have an inside path to a starting job this spring training. I mean, you're looking at the starting rotation. Most of us agree it's going to be an Irvin, Gibson, Kramer, Bradish, Rodriguez starting five. Mike Elias reiterated again on the broadcast on Monday that they're going to have a five-man rotation. They're not going to go with six guys. He still said there's 12 starters competing for that job, and Austin Voth is one of the 12. But it's a little concerning because he was behind the eight ball. He just wasn't going to be a starter. He was going to have to make this team as a relief arm. And he pitched in relief some last year with the O's and pitched in relief a lot with the Nats to much less success over the last few years. So he can do it. It's not like a new role for him or anything. And he was solid at times in relief as well. He can give you bulk relief. He can come in and be a fireman. He can give you two innings. But what's concerning is there's a lot of good pitchers vying for bullpen spots. And even with Dylan Tate out for the first month, and even with Felix Bautista maybe not being ready for opening day, although Mike Elias' words about Bautista Monday were more encouraging, making me think Bautista luckily will be ready for Orioles opening day on March 30th. Voth still maybe is not a lock at this point if he continues to struggle. Now, one thing on Voth's side is that he's basically the only pitcher on this staff besides Kyle Gibson and I believe Dylan Tate that does not have any minor league options left. So Voth is one of the only guys that the Orioles couldn't just send down to AAA Norfolk to start the season. They would have to put him on waivers. And you have to think with the ways the Orioles kind of fixed him last year, another team is almost certainly going to claim Austin Voth off waivers. And it would even probably be a rebuilding team and they would claim him and put him in their rotation to start the year. So there's basically no way the O's could slip him through waivers. So they either have to decide to keep him, hope he gets better, or DFA him and basically know they're losing him from the pitching staff. Now, the thing working in Voth's favor, besides the fact that he doesn't have any minor league options, is that, again, he was really solid for the Orioles last year. After he came over to Baltimore, he made 22 appearances, 17 starts, and in 83 innings, he had a 3.04 ERA. That's a really good sample size. His expected stats were, you know, a little bit worse than that. But again, a 244 batting average against him. He had 72 strikeouts in those 83 innings. Nothing crazy, but still a solid number. The Orioles revamped his curveball and made his stuff even better. So he could be an important piece for this O's team. But if he keeps struggling, 
You know, he's a 30-year-old who you claimed off waivers halfway through last season. He doesn't have any big connection to this organization, and he has a long track record of being bad with the Nats before the Orioles got him. And if you look at the other guys vying for this spot, even with Dylan Tate out, you have guys like Andrew Politti, the Rule 5 pick, who hasn't allowed a run in three outings, and he's looked good, and he's pushing for a spot, and the O's might want to keep him. And then you're really looking at a guy like Mike Bauman, who I think could be in direct competition with Austin Voth for one of those final spots in the bullpen. Bauman would play a similar kind of role where he's been a starter. He could start if you need him to, but generally he'd be a multi-inning, right-handed, hard-throwing reliever out of the bullpen. And Bauman simply has been much better than Voth so far this spring training. And Bauman has options and Voth doesn't, so it's easier to send Bauman back to AAA. But Mike Bauman has pitched enough innings in AAA. It feels like he either needs to be on the big league roster or the O's need to trade him or something. It feels like that time is maybe not coming at opening day, but coming soon at some point in this 2023 season. And so a combination of Bauman and Politi pitching well and both pitching poorly, it could force the Orioles to maybe try to trade him or maybe even DFA Austin Voth. Now, if he turns it around, I'm putting him back in the lock situation for the bullpen. But a couple more outings like this, I'd be a little concerned about his opening day spot. But coming up next, we will finish up with a couple more Orioles news and notes. Taron Vavra going down with an injury and a little bit of WBC stuff as well. That is coming up next. So back here to finish off the pod on a Tuesday. Wanted to start with the World Baseball Classic. It actually kicks off tonight. 11 p.m. Eastern time tonight here on Tuesday, March 7th. Cuba will take on the Netherlands. It's the only game today, but it does open up the World Baseball Classic. Four pools of five teams. Uh, the USA pool should be really, really fun. The U.S. will open its World Baseball Classic on Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. They will take on Great Britain, but there will be games every day starting today throughout pool play. And I know a lot of those games will be on MLB Network. There'll be other places to watch them as well. I believe Fox Sports 1 will have some games. It's going to be a very, very fun event. I love the World Baseball Classic. It was awesome in 2017. I mean, not just the amazing moment when Adam Jones robbed Manny Machado of the home run when they were both still Orioles, but just the event itself is, is awesome. I love it. I think more guys should compete in it. And this is probably the most talented World Baseball Classic ever. So I am just amped for this event to start. But as we know, the Orioles have... Six players in the event. They've got three big leaguers in Anthony Santander with Venezuela, Dean Kramer with Team Israel, and Cedric Mullins playing for Team USA. And then they do have three minor leaguers uh, playing in this event as well. But Cedric Mullins has already left the team. He has gone on to join Team USA. He left on Sunday. And I believe last night, Monday night, Anthony Santander left to join Venezuela. Darwins and Hernandez also pitching for Team Venezuela. He's gone there as well. Dean Kramer has already joined Team Israel, too, as he's probably going to be the best starting pitcher for Team Israel. But it's just going to be fun to, to watch these games. And it'll also be interesting here on the Orioles' side. You know, not having Santander and not having Mullins, you know, who steps up gets more chances in the outfield. You know, the guys like we've talked about, like Ryan O'Hearn, might get a bigger chance to play more with those two guys at the WBC and can maybe push themselves into potentially winning that final opening day roster spots. But speaking of the final roster spot, many thought that would probably go to Terran Vavra, at least on the bench. And I still think it will at this point, but 
he had a little bit of a setback. He was initially in the Orioles lineup for their Saturday spring training game and then was a late scratch was what the Orioles said was left shoulder discomfort. Now, he did not play Sunday. He did not play Monday. The Orioles say that Vavra is feeling better. He's probably going to go back to hitting on Tuesday, but he will not play in the spring training game on Tuesday. So now it's just kind of a waiting game. And Vavra and the Orioles have both said this is not a serious injury at all. You know, and, and he could maybe even play on it even sooner if it were the regular season. But they'll be more cautious, obviously, here in spring training with still at this point 23 days until opening day. So the O's are going to be cautious. But it's just something to monitor here. It really is just something to monitor. Because Vavra, although he's been playing super well in spring training, was still in a roster battle. He was not yet a lock to make the opening day roster. And there could be more chances for some of these other infielders with him out for a few days. So we'll keep our eye on Taron Vavra. As long as he's back within the next week or so, he'll be back to healthy. He'll be good. He'll be on the opening day roster and hopefully playing a little bit more than he did in 2022 and making a bigger impact for the Orioles. And then the only other injury update we really had, I mentioned it already, but Mike Elias was on the broadcast on Masson on Monday, did talk about Felix Bautista and just said that his recovery is basically going perfectly. Now, he didn't say or guarantee he's going to be ready for opening day, and I still think that's in question. I think at this point, it seems like if Bautista misses opening day, it will be a straight-up, you know, regular IL appearance, and he'll be right back to go after two weeks. If he is ready... I think he'll be fully ready, and I'm honestly leaning towards from what they've been saying that it looks like Felix Bautista will be ready out of the Orioles' bullpen to pitch on opening day. As he said, he just needs to get in four or five spring training games. He still has plenty of time to do that. And if I had to guess, I'd say it's about 60-40 that he does make the opening day roster. And again, if he doesn't, he'll be ready very quickly afterwards, although it would open up another spot for another pitcher to uh, at least try to prove themselves for a couple of weeks. But that'll do it here on the pod for today. We thank you so much for watching, so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing as well. I'll be back tomorrow covering all things Orioles spring training and more here on the pod. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.